Dr. White, Dr. Annie White. Hi. Hi. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you're you're kind of like the uh, the calming expert, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I wrote a book on it, so I have some helpful tips for people. That is exactly what I'm going to need, and I know a lot of people out there will. But, you know, I would like to first get behind the story of who you are, how you um, you know, how you got your credentials, uh, why this thing about stress. Because I'll tell you up front, to me, I've always said that stress is a silent killer because mm-hmm. people either ignore it, you don't hear it, you don't you don't feel it really but you feel you say i'm stressed but it can really have a a detrimental effect to your to your health overall health so it's so true yeah uh so with that being said who are you who am i so i am a doctor of traditional chinese medicine actually and that's important because i was highly trained to get to the root cause of things Right. And so when we're talking about causative factors, what I saw in my office was stress was a huge contributor to all of these health issues that you're talking about. And I knew that if I didn't figure out a way to alleviate people's stress, they would never be happy or healthy. So I took a decade and I did a deep dive into neuroscience or how our brains work to get to the root cause of our stress. Right. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people think stress is because of, you know, the expense of holiday gifts or family issues this time of year or even traffic jams getting where they want to go. But it's not because people react different ways to those things, don't they? Yes. So it all depends on how your mind is wired and that dictates your reactions. So that's that neuroscience part, right? It is. Okay. Um, So... What really got you interested in, in um, the calming, uh, the neuroscience, the uh, the Far East, the Chinese medicine and things like that, rather than a traditional, whether it be psychiatrist, psychologist or uh, family practice? Traditional Chinese medicine spoke to me because it's about mind, body and spirit. And it's about balancing the body, but it's about solving health issues and mental health issues in Chinese medicine are are lumped in with health issues. It's not seen necessarily as a completely separate thing because we are one organism, you know, and I really love that. That really resonated with me. And we are basically trained to be health detectives because we're interested in symptoms only in as much as they lead us. They're like clues to getting to the root cause of what is happening for people. And I loved that. And in trying to solve this problem for my patients, I was led down this whole rabbit hole of the science of the brain because neuroplasticity taught me that every thought, action, and emotion wires our mind to be more strong on the pathways of that thought, action, or emotion, right? So it led me to know that the more stressful thoughts we think, the more those correlated pathways in our mind grow, they become stronger. But then the converse is also true, isn't it? That if we can have calm and happy thoughts, those parts of our brain will become stronger. And then we have a more balanced response to that stress. Does that make sense? 
It does. Yes, absolutely does. Um, so it, it, it's almost like the way I'm ingesting and digesting this information right now is I, I basically convince I could convince myself if I'm feeling stressed or not. I, I have control over it. Is that is that a right way to look at this or am I so, coming across it wrong? That's a good question. It's our circumstances in our lives can trigger us to have more stressful thoughts, right? And even stressful childhoods, they can do that to us too, right? So each stressful thought will wire our mind to be more and more and more stressed. And negativity goes right along with this. And I can tell you why in a second. But as your mind is built, basically, to be more and more and more stressed, it's harder in those stressful situations to not have a stressed out response, to come at it with a balanced response because your brain isn't balanced anymore. Does that make sense? I, I, I think it's starting to make a little bit more sense. I, I keep trying to think back to, it's almost like um, recalling something that was a negative and bringing it up to the front today, which I don't really, what happened in the past is in the past. I can't change that. So don't bring that negative emotion or negative feeling or negative thought into today's world because I'm, I'm, I'm building upon negativity. Um, I, that can be because every, ne so our stress response was built for us to survive dicey situations, i.e. a woolly mammoth around the corner, right? And in today's society, we are using it for bills. We're using it for traffic jams. We're using it for all of these different things that cause us stress. Mm -hmm. And what happens in those situations is that we're triggered to think about worst case scenarios because that's how we survive right? But worst case scenarios are always what? Well, they're always negative. So as we're having these stressful thoughts, we're also wiring our minds to be negative because those are always had together, right? They always come together. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. It's a trigger. Um, it's, it's, yes, it's a trigger. It's a trigger to think negative thoughts and it's a trigger to go down those, you know, those stress routes and you don't even catch yourself in the moment most of the time. Yeah. Do you think then we, I guess we were associating ourselves with that incident or whatever it was, like I said, if it's a traffic jam and, and then we get stressed about that. So next time we're in that traffic jam, we, we've already known that that's stress and then I'm right back to that situation where it's it's building upon that stress from that traffic jam from before. So it's a trigger type of situation. Can, can I give you a quick analogy, like yes, a really please. super quick analogy? And it's I'm going to I'm going to try to let me know if I'm explaining it better when I do it this way. So play along with me. You just got a new job. OK. okay. And you're in charge of routing the flights for American Airlines let's say. Okay. You don't care about snacks. You don't care about comfy seats. You just care about getting the passengers where they need to go. Okay. So in this scenario, your boss comes in and is like, Chuck, I don't know what's going on. There's this new place called Stressville. Everybody's headed there. We have got to get more flights, pathways, right? And connections to Stressville, right? 
in order to supply seats for all of these passengers. Now, the passengers in our analogy are our thoughts, right? And the flight paths are the neural pathways and their connections are called synapses. Does that make sense? So when you have more of these thoughts, your brain makes more pathways and connections for those thoughts, just like the airline would. And then if your boss came back in and said, wait, stop, stop the presses. Everybody's now going to calm town. Chuck, I need you to get everybody to calm town. Well, you would establish more flight paths and connections to calm town. And then the brain, and this is exactly how the brain works. And then you wouldn't need as many paths to stressville anymore because you didn't have that traffic. And so the brain then disintegrates those connections and pathways in the mind. It's called synaptic, yeah, synaptic pruning. Does that make sense? I, I think it does now. I'm a bad candidate because my synapses don't fire towards the stress end. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Then you've trained your mind really to be mostly calm, happy, and balanced, and that's fabulous. And I'll be honest, flat out honest, it, it's there is really nothing that I could think of right now that stresses me out. I know there are stressful situations. But, but that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but it doesn't yes. stress me out. You're one of those people that I always wondered about, Chuck. I was, my whole life, I'm like, how do they, how do they not get stressed out? How does this not bother them? It really doesn't bother them. And it's because your mind is wired to be more calm and happy. It's true. I'm a terrible person to be around if you don't like calm and happy. No, you're a great person to be around. <laughs> you're the person everybody wants to be. It's a good place to be, I'll tell you that. But you can certainly <laughs> get lost in it. Life we, is too much fun. <laughs> Chuck, you live in Calm Town, right? That is yeah. amazing. And very few people can actually say that. But you can say that, and you're a great example of it. Well, and I know another place and another person that's a great example. That's you as the, uh, the the teacher because you've got this wonderful website, too. I'm looking at it right now, you know, dranniewhite.com. Well, and... thank you. But I'm going to tell you the honest truth here, Chuck, is that I was pretty much the mayor of Stressville before I rewired my mind to be able to be a resident and live next door to you in Calm Town. So some of the secrets out of your Calm Code book, what was it that you that you came up with or that you used that you can tell the listeners uh, right now? I mean, because, again, aside from the holiday season and the new start of the new year, the biggest thing to me, at least that I know, is that traffic. People get so stressed about traffic and you hear road rage and everything. Um, so, oh, can I give you a really good traffic one? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm going to give it in kind of a funny way because I believe people really, it really helps people remember this tip. Okay. So you're in the traffic jam. This is happening. You feel yourself getting stressed and you were talking about those early signs to know that stress is actually starting to damage your health. And one of them is that your breasts become shorter, quicker, and closer together, right? You're in your stress response. So this has three steps. First step, I want you to bring to mind something that you're grateful for. It can be really simple, like 
your seats in your car are comfortable or you like the song on the radio or your dog, it doesn't matter. Something you're grateful for. Second step is to feel yourself breathe down deep into your lower belly, not into your chest, because that's where we breathe in and out of when we're stressed, all the way down deep, okay? And the third step is, you know how your mom taught you never to pick your nose? Right, yes. Well, I want to teach you how to pick your nose the right way for stress. So you're going to take your right index finger and you are going to cover. We're not really going to pick our nose. Don't worry. And you, I know, right? Well, that's really ingrained in you, Chuck. Your mom really, she really ingrained that. Don't pick your nose. <laughs> so um, cover your right nostril and breathe in and out only through your left nostril. And studies have shown that that calms you down faster because it activates your calm or parasympathetic nervous system. And the reason I say pick your nose the right way is because it kind of looks like you're picking your nose. So you remember it, but the right way because it's always the right side you want to cover. I love it. Can I throw something in there? Because yeah. I did not know, and I guess inadvertently I, did, I, had, I had done this to get over some stress situations in the past you talked about bring up a memory that might be a happy thing for me i found that i started searching and it's like and i know there's some that may be a little stressful i thought about a food that i liked as cheesecake there you go because it took my mind right off of it i was like oh yeah i like cheesecake and then from there it led on to other stuff sweets are not super good for you but hey it's okay. That it took me took my mind off of that situation when I used to have those situations. Perfect. And that's right. You know, it doesn't matter if it's cheesecake or chocolate or socks. Whatever does it for you in that moment is right. Uh can I ask you is there sometimes a situation where anger is um mixed up with uh stress? Uh, as as an example, say that you're a cashier and uh, somebody does something or brings up something and they're, they're complaining and say, I want, I want my money back. I want my money back. And they're beyond policy and you're trying to explain. And, and you get that feeling where you might, you're, you're shaking it. And is that stress or is that anger? Sometimes I think um, it feels like it's anger, but it's, but it's a stressful situation. Is is there a, a fine line between those two things, anger and stress? Or Yeah, because anger can cause stress. And I think the particular situation you're talking about is the anger and the stress being kind of triggers to let you know that this person is crossing your boundaries mm -hmm. and they're probably being a little bit abusive. And that's why it's making you angry and stressed because it's not okay. That's not right, you know, and in those circumstances, we could say again, you know, let's do in that circumstance, because I, what I want to do in that circumstance, it doesn't help that cashier in that moment in their head to focus on this situation because they're just going to stay on those pathways and those pathways are just going to keep getting ignited. Okay. So my suggestion in a situation like that is let's go to completely other pathways. So let's do the triple thanks tool. Okay. And what we do in that situation is thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, and then you could say your cheesecake and keep in your mind. I mean, you know, you can kind of do this while you're talking to this person, or you can ask to just have a breath, 
you know, but that will ignite those other pathways and it will calm you down in that situation. Does that make sense? Yes. I started to get this internal smile and chuckle to myself thinking, I wonder what the person on the other end would do if I just see a lot of chocolate chip cookies. No, seriously. <laughs> and they would probably, what? And go, well, I do that when I get stressed out. And then they, you, it seems like it would alleviate both ways because you said something that's odd and funny. And then they'll yep. say, what? And you explain, well, either I'm getting stressed in this situation, so I, I think about chocolate chip cookies. And I think most people will laugh and go, oh, and then may apologize. And then there's that open communication and stress is gone. Yes. And that's so true because what have you done? You have ignited your calm and happy pathways and then you've ignited theirs. And so those stress ones will chill out in that moment, right? Because we've ignited other ones. So, and that's why humor always diffuses those, those tense situations, doesn't it? Every time. Yeah. You know, you can't really laugh and be stressed at the same time. Like you said, humor is a good way to either it's a good defense mechanism um and i i've often found that humor can open the door to the like you said the other person also having their pathways going towards the calm because you've broken you've broken that i'm going to use this neural pathway term you've broken good. the the neural pathway between or from you and the other person there's not really a neural pathway but you know you there was a path well if you want to go resonance resonance like if you want to go on an energetic physics level there's a resonance between the two of you that is broken yes and that's right negative one it's good to break it with with humor or whatever it is because then now you start over if you want to explain what happened or how you're feeling fine if not at least you've broken it i i like all these things that you're bringing up and um kind of explaining explaining to me and explaining to the listeners um because a lot of people don't think about things this way you know we're not taught this stuff in school and i wish we were i mean i wish i learned this stuff in the third grade because it would have it would have helped me i could have been a chuck tuck way earlier in my life well i don't know when i became this way (laughs) but you know you Uh, could you you could have always been this way Truth be told, I think I have always been this way. There, honestly, there's only there's a handful of situations that have ever stressed me out. But that stress was just for a, a moment, handful. and then yeah, just a so you you are actually really one of those people that I've always wondered about. Now I know why. Uh, I'll tell you, I associated it with energy, and I've always said to myself, negative or stress is not worth my expenditure of my energy. So why am I going to do that? Because I could put it someplace else, and that was always it has always been my thought and i know that when that negative feeling or that negative person or thing comes towards me i always say here comes a negative okay i know it is so i don't have to be stressed and i don't have to be negative because i know it's coming and i know i can either deflect move aside or just do something different yeah yeah and i mean i I, love i love that thinking because that is um, more on a physics level and at our at our core we are vibrating energy that's what we are on you know everything is yeah so uh, it's brilliant so I, I do like that i do like that you say that 
that you wish that this was in education? Because especially nowadays, it just seems like that so many kids um, or younger folks are having that issue or problem of being stressed out for one reason or another expectations but then expectations are really we i think we put more expectation on ourselves because we think somebody is putting an expectation on us and then we become stressed because we think we're not doing what they want or something uh, it's I'm no just... i mean you are not wrong and did you know that the u.s government just assigned a task force to screen everyone over the age of eight years old for anxiety really yeah it... and they want to give they want to give these kids meds okay. like at eight years uh, old uh, i know I'm gonna, i know I, I, okay I, I good. I think I know where you're going because I was going to say that does not sound like the right thing to do because back back in the day, uh, you know, whatever, 60s, 70s and stuff with Ritalin and all that, you know, let's just medicate. They're being a little bit overactive. So know, they scares, must be this. It scares me. And I'm not anti-pharmaceutical. You know, in some search situations, people really need them. So I would never there's no shame in the game. I'm not saying that people should never take them if they if they really really need them but get just giving them out and making it the only toolbox is what i have an issue with i want people to be exposed to many tools so that they can pick and choose what's right for them and and kids that young you know what's right for their kids yes i agree i mean i don't have any children um only been around you know sisters and friends who have had kids and seen that situation uh, that they go through and Unfortunately, we've been taught to listen to the, I'll call them experts or doctors, and I, I, I think a lot of times that's what exactly what we do, but sometimes I believe parents will even have that second guess, but they, they don't follow through with it because they're saying, well, I guess they're telling me that my child needs this medicine and that medicine and this and that and that. Uh, and that's why I want it different. Yes. And that's why I wanted to bring these tools out now, because I want to offer an alternative, you know, and even if kids have to get on the meds for a minute, if you can start teaching them to these tools, then they could with the doctor always get off medicine with a doctor, right? I know you know that Chuck, but I, I always have to reiterate this for people. Um, but that they would have other things to use that could maybe have the same effect. You know, there's been studies done that even meditation is as effective as pharmaceuticals um, for anxiety. And that's, you know, most of the tools that I give are mindful tool, mindfulness tools as well. So it's just offering these other pathways for people to solve this for those kids. You know? Yeah, I think that's wonderful what you what you are providing for people out there. Again, just to throw out, you know, the Calm Code, your book. And I, I love your finger picking, you know, right finger to the right nose, right side. right. Don't put it in the nostril. But, you know, I mean, if you want to if you want to get really freaky, you can put it in the nostril because that'll br guess, block off the breathing, too. I guess uh, you could. it's up to you. It's up to you. Hey. And, you know, some of the other things, at least uh, in the past, where they you, you had that little rubber band around your wrist and you pop it to either remember things or to take you out of that stress situation. 
is there anything else that you could just kind of quickly suggest uh, something that you have in the book that might help people in these situations? Mm -hmm. You know how when you wake up in the morning, so Chuck, I'm I'm talking to the audience, not to you, because you're not going to understand this. But a lot of people, when they wake up in the morning, they and they're stressed out, the first thoughts of the day are running down all the stressful things that are going to happen. And it's always like this worst case scenario sort of thing. And how am I going to get that done? And this person's going to react this way or that way. And it's not going to go well, right? Mm -hmm. Here's my suggestion. So let's start the day with a magical morning mindset. And I want you to set a timer for five minutes. And this is before you get out of bed, okay? So you just set your timer really quick. We've got five minutes going. I want you to run through this upcoming day and you imagine everything going amazing, way better than you ever expected. And even mundane things, like if you usually get up and work out and you're dreading it a little bit, then imagine yourself getting up and doing that workout and feeling amazing after it and being so happy with it. You know, and go through your entire day and even see yourself if you're driving to work, you're driving a carpool, you're whatever you're doing, you arrive on time, everybody's happy, everybody has everything they need. You see what I mean. Mm -hmm. And if you want to superpower it, you can add gratitude to every situation. So it's sort of like, thank you that I, you know, have this awesome workout and I feel great after it. Thank you that we all arrive on time today. Thank you that the conversation with Matt goes amazingly well, and we are closer than ever afterward. Things like that. Does that make sense? It does. Can I add something to this too? Now, I, I used to I used to do this, and I don't do it as much anymore because it's just kind of automatic for me. Um, whether you're married or single, I'll just I'll go with a single person. You get up in the morning, you go to the bathroom, you get your toothbrush. First person you see is yourself in that mirror. If you look in that mirror and if you smile or laugh or whatever it is or say good morning, now that starts a day off really good because you get in your car, what do you do? You look at a rear view mirror. Who do you see? Yourself. Again, it should, it could remind you of that smile. Again, if you have that frown in your face, you'll go, that doesn't look like what I look like this morning. And it, it could cause a chuckle, but you, I think you... If you put it into a habit, you tend to wake up in the morning, look at yourself, smile. Now, every time you see yourself, you smile. If you get in a stressful situation, you could even go back to that and think, ah, happy, happy thoughts. That's me. It, it might sound corny, but, you know, it, it could help. Sure. Absolutely. Anything that people can do. Um and the reason that I say set your timer for five minutes is because you're building those calm and happy pathways for at least five minutes every single morning. And you, you're you on the right track, you know, like like we're both talking about from the moment your fit, fit, <laughs> feet hit the floor for the rest of the day. Yeah, um, I got my toothbrush set for two and a half minutes, so it's doing two and a half minutes. So I have to stare at myself for at least that. There you go. And you're smiling. You got your, your, your yeah. teeth are open. So, yeah, um, it, it almost sounds like anything that sounds like it might be corny might be the best way to do it. it you, you think it's corny. You think it's silly. But if it brings out to me again, we talked about jokes earlier, humor. If you can laugh at yourself, it could feel that jolliness and that 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 fun. Um, it's a stress relief and it's always it's a nice place to be. 
It is. I did find though, when I was living um, in Stressville, that a stressful thought, when your mind is more wired to be stressed, a stressful thought can take over, you know, like the Incredible Hulk that quickly. So having specific tools and a time frame to use them is really helpful because you will be concentrating on those paths, you know, for that amount of time. And then when your when your mind is is basically more balanced, it's easier to stay in those thoughts. Does that make sense? It, it absolutely does. And I, I guess I'm taking it for granted that um, I'm I'm you know 99.9 percent in that happy place, and I do have to take into account that many people aren't. Mm. So uh, it's, it's like, don't follow my path because it may not be the right one. No, um, you're, you have good ideas and what you've done has worked for you. Definitely. It's just, sometimes it's like when people give advice for stress and they tell people, Oh, just sleep better or eat healthy. It drives me crazy because people literally can't Stress causes insomnia. Stress causes people to crave yummy foods, things like this. And then it makes the stress worse because people feel like failures because they can't do it, right? So I just like to point out, just because I have been in that spot of feeling horrible and I was anxious and I was depressed and I was, you know, I was feeling bad and I wasn't myself. So I was just trying to bring to the table Yes, and, right? Take a deep breath, and we'll get right back into it. How long did it take you to get out of that Stressville place? And I know that we, for most of us, uh, or for a lot of people, it it can pop up at any time, even even though if you're like me, it could pop up at any time. But... Do you have a definitive time for yourself that you could recall that it only took me three months or if it took me two years? The only reason I ask this is because I know a lot of people in the back of their minds are going, well, I, I don't have enough time to do that. Or I wonder how much time it takes to do that. I don't want to put no, the effort into it if it's going to take, you know. That's right. It's so. such a good question. It's It's a great question. And I say it's a lot like working out. You know, when you go start working with a personal trainer, you don't see many results in the first two weeks, do you? And this is sort of the same thing. I didn't see much in two weeks. The exercises felt good, so I knew they were working. But I didn't see much shift until about six weeks. That's when things for me started to shift. I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is working. And it was three months for me to really feel so much better and it's three minutes twice a day where you start at the end of six weeks, you build up to eight minutes twice a day. And then you continue on eight minutes twice a day until you get the Chuck tuck brain that you want. And yeah, this, this was your three months for you. It could be three weeks for somebody else, or it could be a little bit longer than three months, right? It's not a, it's not a set in stone process that takes X amount of time for everyone. It doesn't. I mean, if you've had seven positive thoughts since you were 12 years old, it is going to take, you know, if you had a really, I'm not trying to make light of anyone's, you know, hard times, but if, if you've had a hard childhood, if you've, 
it depends on how your brain's wired when you get into it, right? It's just like a late weight loss program. Somebody might need to lose 10 pounds while another person might need to lose 103. And that other person is going to take them a little longer, but they both will get to that same spot. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I want to make sure that we throw this out there once again for your website. So I will let you say, where can people go to find you? <laughs> they go to D-O-C-T-O-R, doctor spelled out. Okay, so D-O-C-T-O-R, Annie, A-N-N-I-E, white.com. Yeah, and the book is The Calm Code, correct? It is. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Apple iBooks. IndieBound, all the things. Yeah, so it's, I would have to add and add to this that some people can do it on their own, but the best way to do this is to have help. And it doesn't diminish who you are to reach out to ask for help. And the best way, I think, a lot of times for the people who fear um, going and seeing somebody is your self-help in your books and books again like uh, the calm code is something that you can read and you can you, you can try these things out or implement what uh, Dr. Annie has done and and you know, you know, I do say um, in the book, I'm very clear that if you're here and you're not able to do X, Y, and Z, please just please go see a therapist real quick and Listen, I've had therapy in my life. I think most people on earth need therapy at certain times. And the way that I say it is we all encounter things that are bigger than we can handle on our own. That's the right. And so yes. we just need these beautiful people to help us through it. Not everybody needs it. But if you do and you get it, you'll be so much happier for it. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, Dr. Annie White went to a therapist? I did. I sure I, did. You know, the thing is, it ha that has a lot of negative connotations to a lot of people still, and it, it should not. Like I said, it, it, there, is a, there is a point when, yeah, you need to reach out and, and have professional help, whether it's to guide you um, or to, to fix you. you yeah. If you need to, you need to. Well, and I do want to be clear that I didn't have professional help when I was using these tools to make my mind better because I'm a scientist and I actually wanted to see how the tools worked. But previous in my life, I went through a divorce and it was bigger than I could handle on my own. It was too much for me. It was a lot. And I needed help through it. I just did. And so I got it. I, I'm going to, I'm always saying, I'm going to add, I'm going to add divorce is a huge, huge deal, uh, whether you have children or not. And again, I've, I'm not married. I haven't been married. I haven't done any of that stuff. But I, I do see the the outcome, the consequences. And nine times out of ten, it, it's it's detrimental to the person and to, uh, to that person's health. Uh, death, I'm sorry, um, divorce is like a death. And, you know, a lot of people are experiencing... Uh, family members and friends dying too, and that is a stressful situation. So, you, I think everybody really needs to find this, this calm, this calming place. So, yeah, good point. However, right. however, they can, and you know, my therapist actually, when I got the divorce, she said it's the death of a dream. Mm. So that was so part of it. I'm going to throw something in there with this. Do you think that's more so for women 
um, because women might dream of uh, that marriage being um, the guy on the white horse and the the castle and all that stuff. It's it's a fantasy. It's a dream. And then all of a sudden you're in it. And then if it ends, where guys may come into it a different way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I, I do. I mean, even though my mom ended every fairy tale with, and they lived happily ever after, except they would fight sometimes because it's absolutely normal. That um, is great. So she set me up and, you know, still, but, you know, sometimes you marry someone and it's just, not, it just doesn't work. It's just not the rest of the life sort of thing. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think women set higher expectations on it. I think you're exactly right. I didn't want to sound like a chauvinistic not at person. All. Not at uh, all. Uh, you know, before we uh, close out on this stuff, I was just wondering because jobs, job security, the way that things are last year, this year, today, tomorrow, and probably even next year, employment is very stressful. Do you have anything for people who are in that situation where they think they're going to lose their job or they have just lost their job. Is this the same process as far as dealing with that type of stress? Or is this well, slightly I different? Have, I have something on, I have a, a YouTube channel and one of my tools in the book, I put into a video for getting a new job hmm. and people have really loved it and it's been really helpful for them. So I guess if you, my YouTube channel is Dr. Annie White. And if you go to this video and it's for, getting a new job and it's it's a visualization process um that also builds your calm and happy mind at the same time and people have just really liked it and it's really worked for them so if i can offer that tool yeah uh so your youtube channel is dr annie dr annie white yeah Okay, Dr. Annie White. So just the same as your uh, web web page. It's Dr. Yeah, spelled it's all, out Annie White. I think the YouTube is Dr. Okay, I should know. I should know this. I know. <laughs> well, you'll find no, it, it under Doctor Doctor one way or the other, but it's Annie White, Doctor Annie yeah. White. <laughs> yeah, you've branded yourself, so that's good. Um, gosh, I mean. This has really been super, super helpful. And, and, you know, even though I'm not in that stressful place and rarely, if ever am, it's still been really enlightening and very informative to me because I don't want I I don't want the friends that I'm around if I'm too happy all the time and then they feel negative or they they feel angry for some reason because I'm happy. It's just like, look. Remember that cookie your mom used to bake and it smells so good? Think about that when you think about me. <laughs> well, yeah, and you're the you're always you're the person we all always wanted to be. Maybe you know, if it's not conscious, it's sort of unconscious. It's like, you know, I want to be that happy, calm person. I want to be the person whose feathers don't get ruffled or who doesn't spin out over, you know, little things. Hmm? Yeah. It's and I'll say, trust me, it's it's a it's a nice place to be. It it makes it makes the people I'm around um, to be around much better. I, I so yeah, I I'm stumbling over my words because I'm just thinking when you keep saying it, it's the place that people want to be. Chuck, they want to be like you. It's like no, you don't want to be like me, please. 
no, but the, it's a compliment. But, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a good thing, isn't it? It is. It is. And I, I do get the vibe that you are a, uh, a happy person as well. Uh, now I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Ask, well, ask my husband about that when I was the mayor of Stressville. That was a different conversation. <laughs> you were a pain to be around, I bet. <laughs> I wasn't I, I wasn't fun, I'll tell you that. I was so not fun that he walked out on me at one point. So that if that tells you anything, I was the mayor of not funville. Oh well. It makes me happy to know that you are in Funville <laughs> and you can actually help people. Uh, and I keep going back. I, I've got your web webpage right down here right now and you do have a lot of information that's available and you talked about meditation and things like that as well so uh, meditation can help uh, whether it's that quiet place and if you want to do the um or if you want to listen to uh, different sounds and textures and things like that I think it really helps and you know what I always tell people about meditation because um, it's kind of hard to quiet your mind in our world Guided meditation is a great place to start, you know, and just start with three or five minutes of guided meditation. I have some on my website, or you can go to the YouTube, you can type in meditation, stress, meditation, anxiety, you can type, you can basically find meditation toothbrushing on the internet. I'm not kidding you. They have meditations for when you brush your teeth. Um, so there are a lot of options for people. And, and so many times when patients in my office, I would recommend meditation to be like, Annie, I can't, I can't do it, you know, but once they try the guided kind, they liked it. So it's a yeah. good place to start. And I'm going to agree with you on that. Absolutely. Uh, well, this is, again, it, this has been fantastic. So I, I just want to say thank you for being on here and, and thank you for the work that you're doing out there to help calm the world, to help calm people. You know, it's, uh, we all need it. And I don't want makes... anyone to have to live in Stressville. Don't ever move there, Chuck. No, no. I have sold my house there. I, it, it's... You never bought one. It was so good. Yeah. I, I wasn't even renting there. <laughs> I know. I was the mayor. 